Welcome to the preaching podcast of Poplar Springs Baptist Church in Hiram, Georgia, and the preaching ministry of our senior pastor, Wayne Meadows. It is our desire that the message you hear today would call you to a closer walk with Jesus Christ, and that your life would give glory to God as you apply the biblical truths proclaimed. For more information about the ministry of Poplar Springs Baptist Church, check us out on the web, www.psbchurch.net. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the preaching of God's Word. Please take your Bibles and turn with me to Psalm, the 90th Psalm, and um, verse 12. Once again, um, I don't want to be offensive, uh, and I had, I'm always telling folks to circle or write in their Bibles, in the tab of it, uh, pass out an outline usually is what I've done, but anyway, um, uh, and I don't. Uh, know if you write in your Bibles or not, but if you write in your Bibles, uh, we're going to be circling a couple of words here in just a minute. A little bit about Psalm 90. It's a psalm from Moses, and what he is doing is he's looking back on life, and he's summarizing, I think. He's, he's making a point that, uh, quite frankly, we all need to hear. Uh, this point that he makes, my opinion, is like golden nuggets to those of us who are trying to live our lives pleasing to the Lord. And that's what we're doing, right? We wake up each and every day and we're conscious of the fact that, like Paul, 1 Corinthians 15, we're very conscious of the fact that we want to live a life pleasing to the Lord. So we tell him, you know, Lord, let me please you today. Allow me to please you today some way, somehow. I want to be pleasing to you. And if we understand that, or if that's our ambition, then when we rightfully study uh, Psalm 90, verse 12, this is going to be uh, really good food for your soul. This is the easy-to-read version and I would just uh, ask you to follow along in yours. The easy to read says, Teach us how short our lives are so that we can become wise. Let me say that again. Teach us how short our lives are so that we can become wise. You may carry the NIV, and if you do, the NIV says it this way, teach us to number our days. Numbering our days is the Hebrew way of telling us or challenging us, reminding us, to prioritize our lives. Number, numbering our days reminds us to prioritize. I believe it even goes a step further than prioritizing our lives. I believe it encourages us to, how shall I say, live a life on purpose, live purposely, Well, we're going to look at it today, but first let's pray. Father, teach us 
by your spirit. Be the preacher, the teacher, the speaker that I cannot be. It's your word. And your spirit speaks to us and rightly relays the very truth from heaven above. Do this today, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So if you write in your Bibles, let's just start at the beginning. Verse 12, circle the word teach. Lelamed is your word in the Hebrew. It's the same word that we find over in Deuteronomy chapter 6 where God told Moses, if you remember, he said, teach the people. He was telling him to teach my people all my statutes, all my ways. Uh, But he told Moses, he said, teach the people. Same word here. And then if you remember, what Moses was supposed to do is he was not only to teach the people, but in teaching the people, he would teach the parents And what the parents would turn around and do, supposedly, is what? Teach the children. That's right. Teach the kids. Same word here, lelamed. It's our word, of course, for teaching. It's our word for coaching. Some of you may be a coach. It's the same word we use for tutoring. Uh, And there's even a vein of it that we get our preaching from. Teaching is a big deal in the Hebrew culture. It's why a 12-year-old can stand up at his 12th birthday and recite verbatim the first five books of what we call the Bible. I've always been very impressed (laughs) with the idea that a 12-year-old can recite the first five books of the Bible. This blows my mind. How about you? This unbelievable. So what is it telling us? It's telling us that teaching, this word here, is more than just teaching, but there's something that the teacher understands. He or she wants to teach with the intent to learn. It's not just teaching. It's not just throwing out three points and preaching or teaching. on. But no, it's teaching with the intent that the listener learn. Now, that tells us something because Moses prays here that the Spirit of God will teach them something that they need to learn. By the way, I don't know if you guys understand this, but uh, Wayne and I and every other pastor that I know uh, has what we call sugar sticks uh, in our Uh, sermon library. You know what a sugar stick is, don't you? A sugar stick is something that, you know, it's a sermon that really just gets with you and and whenever you're invited to go somewhere and and preach, you pull out the sugar stick. That's right. Uh, This particular verse, this particular message that um, I bring today is not a sugar stick. It's the very first time, well, the first service was the first time, but very first time I've preached it, and that's because this verse has spoken to me the last two weeks so much that I thought, 
I was just blown away. And then when Wayne called and asked me to preach, it was just a no-brainer that I would, I would bring this message. But I want to make it clear. This message of the Spirit of God got a hold of me. This message in the form of a confession is for me, okay? I'm just grateful that I get to share it with you. And hopefully, hopefully, you'll walk out of here in just a little while and you'll say it was for me too. Teach them with the intent to learn. Learn what? Learn that life is short. Now, I'm going to say that over and over today. Life is short. Teach them to know that life on earth is short. Wow. Teach them the brevity of life. It just blows me away that God, in His infinite wisdom, wants us to learn something here today. And He wants us to learn that life, say it with me, church, is short. We're not being morbid. We're trying to learn something. Life is short. So, question, and you can raise your hand. Does this group raise their hands, Wayne? Somewhat. First group didn't either, but you guys can raise your hand, okay? How many of you think that 70 is old? Okay, all right. How about 80? Well, I'm not going to go continue going that way. I'm going to go the other way. How about 60? Watch it now. 60? 50? You, you th- thank you for your honesty, darling. 50? 40? Now, I'm going to tell something on Laurie. Uh, when she was a little girl, she went to her uncle's 40th birthday, and she still says it today. She thought that her uncle was really, really, really old at 40. It's amazing that when we're this age, how less, how much that number drops when we think about being old, you know. Watch this. Regardless of that number, life is short. I got a preacher friend of mine, he's about to turn 80. You know what he calls me? A child. I was talking to a search committee not too long ago, and I said, you know, I, I just letting them know. I said, hey, uh, I just turned 61. I was kind of letting them know, you know, getting on up there. <laughs> anyway, uh, and one of them on the committee said, oh, you're a youngin." I guess that's a compliment, you know, I don't know. But teach them the brevity of life. 
Now here's something that we have to understand about this one verse. Time is only relevant to us humans. Let me say that again. Time is only relevant to us humans. How do I know? How do we know? Look at verse 4. Time is only relevant to us humans. It has no bearing on God. Time, the classification of time, the way that we put it in parenthesis, time is for our benefit. God doesn't need it one way or the other. He doesn't need to categorize time. He doesn't need to break it down in days or weeks or months or years. He doesn't need to do that. Look at verse 4. 1,000 years. That's for us. 1,000 years. We can wrap our brain around 1,000 years. If I were to ask, how many of you think 100 is old or 1,000 would be old? It would be extremely old. Verse 4, a thousand years to man is like a day to God. Look at it. Keep reading. A few hours in the night is how we think. You know, again, that's for our benefit. We can grasp it. A few hours of the night. A thousand years. We get it. Keep reading. A dream that stops in the morning. We understand that. That's all for our benefit. Those are pictures that man can get. We can wrap our brain around these pictures that Moses is recording for us. But God has no timetable. He's not bound by a number of days or weeks or months or years. He has no bearing on God. A thousand years is like a day. No bearing on God. This is for our benefit. But what are we to get? What is this? Time capsule. What is it that God wants us to get out of time? Life is short. That's what he says. And we can get it. We don't know how short. It's not for us to know. But we are being told here through Scripture that life is short. Once again, this is not being morbid. We're trying to make a point. We're trying to do a word study so that we can translate out, so that we can understand it, so that we can apply it to our lives. Say amen, church. Amen. And here's what he wants us to know. Life is short. We can now translate it out. If we haven't figured it out already, we are to learn that life is short. Better yet, we are to live knowing life is short. Now, I'm not going to ask nobody to raise their hand. 
And I would be guilty of the same thing. But we have to ask ourselves, right here it is. We have to ask ourselves, is this the way we live? Do, do, do we live with the understanding? Did we say anything this morning in our morning prayer to God? I'm sure we said, good morning, Lord. I love you, Lord. I'm sure we said all those kind of things. But did we say anything about knowing that life is sure? The psalmist wants us to know life is sure. We are to live in that consciousness that life is sure. I like that idea. Keep reading. Teach us, Lord, to know that life is short, the B part of the verse, so that we can become wise. New American Standard is what I would normally preach from. The New American Standard says that we might present to you a wise heart. Teach us, Lord. Let us always be mindful, Lord, how, br- how brief life is so that we might present to you a heart. Of wisdom. The word wisdom here is your Hebrew word hakam. It has to do with the ability to separate. Now, watch this. In our text, what it's talking about specifically is the ability to separate good from bad. You and I would probably say it this way it's the ability to make good choices. That's what we want to do, right? We all want to make good choices. Say, man, it's okay. You know, life is full of choices, and that's what we want to do. We want to make good ones. We want to make the best ones. Well, how do we make the best choice in life? Knowing that life is short. Well, we're starting to digest this, aren't we? Our minds are starting to tumble over and over and over. Our hearts being massaged with this. God in his infinite wisdom is wanting us to know how to make the right choice. We're bombarded with choices. We're going to make choices today. How do we make the right one? How do we make the best one? With the foundation being life is short. Now, we've got to stop right here, and we've got to look at the sentence structure, okay? And I want you to look at it with me. Notice that the hakam, the, the wisdom, the wise, doesn't come before the lelabad, the teaching. Notice that the teaching is first, and then the wise, or the wisdom, comes. You got that? Say amen. You got it? All right. Teaching comes first. So now we can translate again. We can get this. The ability to make a good choice, the best choice, I should say, doesn't precede the learning that life is short. In other words, there's this great possibility 
that in our decision-making process, if we've never learned, if we've never stopped to think about it, if we don't understand how short life is, we may make the wrong choice. So Moses, in his wisdom, recording the mind of God, he says, to make the right choice, you've got to realize life is short. The best choice, the best decision that we will ever make is on the foundation that life is short. My mind went to thinking. I'm not a betting man, but I would bet here today that there are some relationships this morning who could benefit from realizing that life is short. I'm not a betting man, but I would bet that there are some marriages, that there are some homes, some parents, some children, all could benefit from this one simple single truth that that Moses wants to convey that life is short. And we can't get the wisdom before the teaching. It doesn't work that way. It's not laid out that way in the sentence. And God laid out the sentence perfectly. We can't get the wisdom without the learning. The learning that life is short. It's that, it's that subject predicate stuff. You know, the cat is sleeping. Sleeping makes no sense without the cat, Right? Moses says, you want to make the best choice? I know you do. Life is full of choices. I I know they are. We'll make it understanding. Life is, what does James call it? Like a vapor? puff of smoke is the literal. So life is short. When we get that, we can make some wise decisions about life and living. Without that, we may not make the best choice. All right, let's keep going. I want to show you something. So learning, teaching, lelamed, plus wise or wisdom, the hakam, equals purpose. You understand that there's purpose Life isn't lived flippantly. There's purpose. Our lives are short. We want to live life on purpose. We want to live life with meaning. Purposely. Learning plus ability equals purpose. 
Notice with me verse 10. We live about 70 years. 80 if we're strong and not diseased. You see that? We live about 70 years. I think the average lifespan is about 70 years. If we don't catch anything, disease or whatever, if we're really strong, 80, and every once in a while we run across a 90 or a 100-year-old, but not that often. We think of the 100-year-old some kind of super natural thing, you know. So this is accurate. We get this. We live about 70 years, 80 if we're, if we're strong. Then what? Come on, church, look at this. Verse 10. Then what? I love this. Then we fly away. That's the easy reading version. That's what I've got here. We live 70, 80 years, and then we fly away. Don't you like that? The old hymn has this one right. Huh? Amen? Some glad morning when this life is over. Sing it with me, church. I'll fly away. There you go. In the meantime, you're 30, 40, 50, 60. In the meantime... Ah, we are to be governed by life is short. I want to say that again. In the meantime, you and I are in the meantime. What governs our life? Not how much money we make, not where we work, not what kind of car we drive, not how big our house is. What governs our life? That is really brief. That's what governs us. So I need to talk about being governed for just a second. And it basically means that to be governed by something or someone is to surrender to its authority. In this case, we are to surrender to the truth that God says life is short. Can I let you in on a little secret that I've learned, picked up after 31 years of ministry? Every time that I've ever talked about surrender, a surrendered life, and listen, I struggled, I struggle with it myself. We're, we're not pointing fingers. But to talk about the surrendered life, the surrendered life isn't easy. As a matter of fact, it never has been easy. Because over in James, the Lord's half-brother, the half-brother who didn't come to believe in his brother's sonship, messiahship, until after he saw him resurrected, by the way, James writes for us, chapter 4, verse 13, through 17, I think it is. James says, here's how we do life. 
We sit around the living room and we think about, oh, I'll move to this city or that city and I'll do this kind of business or I'll do that kind of business and I'll make a lot of money and, and I'll be profitable and I'll be a good person and all of that. And that's our decision-making process. But James doesn't finish until he says, and he calls them foolish, he says, how foolish to live life with that as your guide. Oh, that you'll move to a city and you'll do this and you'll do that and you'll be profitable and you'll be good and you'll, you'll give and you'll do all those kind of things. But James calls it foolishness. And I think I love the last part of that little storyline, verse 17, I believe it is. He says... Don't you know that you should have asked, Lord, if you will, let me move to another city. Let me be in this kind of business. Let me be profitable. I'll be good and I'll be kind and I'll be generous and I'll be all these things. But you see, James says, we don't do that. We don't live that way we we really don't it's after we've already moved to the city and made all these crazy mistakes that we say oh lord i'm so sorry james is saying the same thing the psalmist is he's the one who told us life's like a vapor so the Psalmist, Moses, is telling us we lay as the foundation of all of our life and living that this thing that we call life is really short. And we surrender to it. I didn't want you to hear it just from me, so I brought some quotes up here to read to you. Very good Christian authors. I wish I could write like these guys, but oh wait, oh well, another day, I guess. A.W. Tozer says, the reason why so many are still troubled, still seeking, still making little forward progress in this thing we call life is because they haven't yet come to the end of themselves. Wow. We don't live with the understanding that life is short. We don't make our decisions based on the understanding that life is short. No, we say we'll move and we'll go and we'll do this and we'll do that. Tozer says we haven't yet come to the end of ourselves. They're still trying to give orders and thus interfering with God's work within. He's saying the same thing. The exact same thing. We do all of this, life stuff, and rarely, rarely, this is why I do like funerals, rarely do we stop and think about life and how we're going to make a decision based on whatever's before us. Tozer says we haven't come to the end of ourselves. E. Stanley Jones says, if one doesn't surrender to Christ, they surrender to chaos. 
Rick Warren writes, It's when we try to be God that we end up most like the devil who desired the very same thing. William Booth said, The greatness of a man's power is in the measure of his surrender. That's pretty good. A man's greatness is recorded by his surrender. C.S. Lewis writes, The more we let God take over us, the more truly ourselves we become. It's when I give my personality to his that I began to have a real personality of my own. What if we woke up every morning and said, Oh, Heavenly Father, I realize life is short. My time on earth is short. And I know everybody under 40 is probably tuning me out right now, turning me off right now, but I beg you, please don't. Father, I've learned something the last two weeks. I've learned something this morning. Life. Life is short. They all, all those authors went on to say, in some fashion, that the surrendered life is, listen to this, unpopular, disliked, and extremely difficult. We would say amen. And therefore, it is rarely, genuinely achieved. Let me translate that out for you from Farron Roper's own life. Life gets so busy. All these decisions on these shoulders. That is possible, quite likely, frankly, that I make a decision without ever contemplating how short my life is. Wow. And then I struggle. Oh, Lord, yes, I struggle. Because I made that lame brain decision. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? Say amen. But you see, today, we've just learned something extremely valuable from one small verse. We can achieve we can know how to make good choices right choices the best choice and it all starts right here before us this infallible powerful truth life is short 
It is not that Scripture is being morbid. On the contrary, what we are reading here this morning is very liberating because it frees us to live a purposeful, meaningful life. And everybody said, Amen. To my unbelieving friends, I just got a little word to say. This applies to you. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord. I'd have you to do so today, I pray. But the same principle is here. It applies to all of us. Life is short. And, and, you too will fly away. But unfortunately, not to be with God forever. On the contrary, to be eternally separated from Him. Would you get that? Eternally separated from him. A God who loves. A God who loves you. He doesn't care what you've done. He doesn't care where you've been. He doesn't really care about your past. He only cares about our future. And he's given us the pathway to be with him forever. Life is short this is at home with me uh, working part time at Davis Trump funeral home over here on the east west connector most of you I assume know where it's at when I left Thursday afternoon there were five bodies in the room to be prepared when I left yesterday, there were seven. And as I pushed the last one into the room, I looked around. And I, and I, I remember, listen, when you deal with this for the last two weeks, when God is preaching this to you for the last two weeks, you notice your surroundings, amen? Especially in that environment. And I looked around. And I said, okay, this one's a couple of years older than me. Okay, that one was quite a bit older than me. This one, ah, this one's a little bit younger than me. This one, quite a bit younger than me. Oh, and this one, and once again, I'm just being truthful with you. This one half my, almost half my age. And I'm now living life under the full influence of what? Theron? Life is short. And God allowed me to see the whole spectrum a 90-something-year-old Korean War veteran to a 30-year-old young mom. This isn't being morbid with us, my friends. It's God being so truthful with us because what He wants 
is for us to make great decisions. And the greatest decision that any of us will ever make is to make Jesus our Lord. Is to be able to call him Savior. It's to know according to the wisdom of God this thing we call life is extremely short. If you have never asked him into your heart, I would ask you to ask him today. Because life really is short. And all God's people said. I'm not sure on how we you do the invitations, so I'm asking your pastor to come up here and to receive, take the service from here. But such a simple truth. I hope you pack it in your lunch. Take it home today. Eat on it today, tomorrow, and for the rest of your life here on earth. Life is short. Thank you.